Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. Also brought to you by AFCO, family owned and operated, AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather it any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com, that's A-F-T-C-O.com for on-the-water performance gear. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope you guys are having a great week and enjoying some nice fall weather. Man, I love it. This is my favorite time of year. The leaves are changing. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. Got a little rain, came through last night. I think uh, I think in here in Shelby County, they jumped a gun and let school out a little early for all that terrible weather we was going to have. And I think it knocked about seven leaves off the trees here at my house. There wasn't nothing to it, but Hey, I guess better safe than sorry. Right. But let's talk about fishing guys. It is a great time of the year to be on the water or, you know, me in a, in a tree stand, but we're going to talk about some fishing today and let's get started. Segment one, let's go up to the Tennessee river with my man, Tracy Umber. What's going on, Tracy? Hey, Brian there. Everything's good. Like you said, uh, God's painted beautiful pictures out here with these red trees and yellow trees. So we just enjoying the river every time we go out. Man, it, it is a, it is just a gorgeous time of the year to be outside. That's for sure, man. And I wish, I wish fall lasted longer than it did. Uh, seems like we go from summer to winter a lot of times here in Alabama, but Uh, We're getting some fall this year, so I'm thankful for that. But what I'm really thankful for is in about two weeks, I'm going to be up there with you and Brad Whitehead, and we're going to get after after these smallmouth with this live bait. We're going to get after them hot and heavy. That's exactly right. I've had probably the best September and October I have ever had uh, as far as average size and numbers, too, as far as that goes catching lots of fish uh and it's kind of an odd year 
It ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be done before I get there, is it? No, sir. We'll make it happen somewhere somewhere up and down that river. They want to eat a shed. So why do you think it's earlier this year? I'm I'm not for sure because everything else was a month later. I think I told you back there in the spring yep. that the crappie were about a month behind. Uh but I'm telling you, we normally don't start these smallmouth trips or live bait trips till at least the middle of September and then the better fishing happens I tell everybody the middle of October but I'm telling you I started the first week of September this year and it's been on fire just about every week it's it's been it's been good now it's starting to slow just a little because we don't have the current uh we need some rain we need we need everybody out there to pray for about six inches of rain a day for about a week yeah just in time for me to get up there Exactly, exactly. We need some floodgates open when you show up. He got some pictures of them small mouth. I never saw small mouth that grew that big. And, and I've seen some of those pictures too. He's posted and they're unbelievable. And, and, and we are fortunate to, uh, to have Tracy's father, uh, on here with us today as well. And of course, of course, he, he'll probably tell you, he, he's taught, he taught Tracy everything Tracy knows about fishing. And, uh, from what I understand, probably stole, you know, fished against him and Tracy tried to steal his spots growing up here in Tuscaloosa. Uh, that's what they say, but yeah, that's what he, him and his brother said. We, Over there in Aliceville. Yeah. They fished, they, we fished down at Aliceville a lot on, on Tom Bibby. That's where we cut our teeth anyhow. And then he moved over here on the lake. Yeah. Place, so. Well, I, I grew up, I cut my teeth just south of there on, in, in Demopolis on the Tom Bigby. Yeah. We fished down there at Forkland, uh, McConaughey Creek. All oh yeah. He, he can't hold me alive on Lake Susquehanna. Yeah. He's the king down here. So he's the king. Yeah. king. Yeah. How was the, how is the crappie fishing on Lake Tuscaloosa? Is it pretty good? It's really good. Uh, it's better than what people give it credit for. I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. Uh, you know, most people come up here when, during the spring, uh, February, they move up into the grass. And I know that sounds crazy, but they'll move up into the grass down here way before they will anywhere else. Right. Uh, and you'll catch them. You can catch hundreds of them in the grass. Uh, they're not going to be great big, but they're good eating fish. You know, this is a, a water impoundment lake for the for the city and so they keep it clean and uh i caught 110 one afternoon in about three hours yeah Good so gracious it, 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 it there's a pile of crappie here so if you're in central alabama don't overlook like tuscaloosa regardless of what you hear not going to be no giants you know you'll catch a good one every now and then but this time of year, they're kind of tough because the water is gin clear, starting to cool off, so they're going back deeper. Uh, it, it's a little tough down here this time of year. But if you know where the if you know where the brush piles are, just go find you a brush pile and sit on it with a bucket of minnows. There you go. There you go. Get after them. But uh, we're not worried about them minnows right now. So. No, <laughs> no, we chasing smallmouth right now. It's too good, we're right? Smallmouth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, when we can get the current, I'm, I'm, I'd rather do my trips in the morning. Uh, I just like the mornings better, but this year, uh, the afternoons have been producing better, 
Brad's been, he's been wearing me out in the afternoons. I mean, you know, I'm catching my share in the mornings, but his has been better quality fish in the afternoons. So, and, and that's all due to the current. I was going to say they opening up the gates in the evenings a little more. Well, they're opening up the turbines and, uh, running, you know, if they'll run 35, 32 to 35, 36,000 cubic feet, you can do pretty good. Anything less than 30, it's a struggle. Uh, heck, even the drum don't want to bite less than, less than 20, 25. Yeah. Everything gets stagnant, right? Everything shuts down. That's exactly right. Uh, well, those fish, the way we're fishing, we're drifting, uh, split shot, uh, uh, and you're going to laugh when you see the hooks we're using. Uh, but that's all right. Uh, we're using a little small uh, number four octopus hook. Uh, and we're drifting over these rock piles and boulders. And, uh, in the, and, and I make my money up in the swift water. A lot of people don't like it because it's dangerous. It's shallow. The water's only four, five, six foot deep at places. Some places it's only a foot deep. And I found a couple of them this year. Uh, but those smallmouth, when the current's running, they'll get behind those piles of rocks and those boulders, and then they attack anything that, that comes by it. But when there's no current, they're just out there free roaming, and I don't know that they're actually even hunting anything to eat. Uh, I think they're just roaming and, and kind of enjoying the day, kind of relaxing, you know, so because there's not any current. Uh, yeah. That's my thoughts. So, and then plus, you know, the shad coming through the, the turbines and, uh, if they do open a, a floodgate or something, shad coming through, you know, it's easy. They're sitting there. They know, they know that that's the dinner bell ringing when that water starts running. No doubt. So they're sitting there feeding and gorging up and, uh, it's, it's fun. How many, I mean, how, when you're down there this time of year, when, when this is happening, is it just boats? Is it a lot of a lot of people on the water i would think it would be most of the time this time of year you know they're having some of these wind down the the end of the year bass tournaments even some of the bigger bfl tournaments have been here uh and those boys will run up there for the first hour two hours of the morning and it will be crowded up there you know there it, it wouldn't be uncommon to see 25 30 boats fishing the same the same same or you know the same of water or the same rock piles down on the the lower end uh so yes it gets pretty crowded and hectic uh you know you can make some folks mad if you don't if you don't get in line properly right. uh, when i say get in line you need to go to the front up by the dam and start up there you don't pull in behind somebody because you're you're, you're cutting them off in their water you're That's cutting right. them off this is so you have to show some etiquette up there you know it, it's everybody's water and you know it is what it is some people are not going to show the etiquette and that's fine you know uh, we'll we'll make it work yep so y'all are you're going up there you're going up there closer to the dam and and y'all drop you know throw out are you fishing off the bottom or do you try to keep it on the bottom no, sir. I come off the bottom. Now, uh, I talked to a fellow the other day. He was using about a quarter inch uh, drop shot or quarter ounce drop shot bait. He said, man, I stayed hung up. All I caught was drum. And I told him, I said, you know, you, hey, they're not running that much current. You don't need that much weight. These smallmouth are not feeding on the bottom like catfish and like drum. Hey, well, I, you're right. I caught a bunch of catfish and caught a bunch of drum. I said, exactly. I said, lighten your weight up. Uh, you know, and as the current builds up, then you want to go to a little heavier, heavier weight. 
you know, I go, I run a, uh, I run a split shot. That's about twice the size of a BB when they're running lots of current. And when they're running no current, I'm running one that's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the size of a BB or a little smaller. Yeah. So very, very little weight, just enough to keep that mana down just a little bit. And like I said, you're in shallow water. Uh, it's not deep up there below the dams like, like people would assume it is. Yeah, I would, I, I, you know, being in Demopolis and growing up there, you know, you had kind of, there was one little section that was a little deeper, but as you get close to that dam, there's some pretty good shelves there and it shallows up a little bit. And, uh, right. and you sure get a lot of, a lot of current. Obviously, we didn't have any smallmouth down there. But, man, you know, and I asked this question to somebody the other day, I, why is it, the smallmouth are obviously thriving in that lake uh, and in that river system. It would make sense that they would thrive in the Coosa or, or some of those others, but they're, but they're not there. And I, I don't know why, but uh, maybe they just don't have a pathway from, you know, further up north down, when you know, to the Coosa. I don't know. I think that's probably what it is. I asked my son, who's almost a biologist. He's got a biology degree and aquaculture degree from Mississippi State. And he actually works for a company that uh, that does lake and pond management, stream management, stuff like that. So I asked him, I said, "What? why do they thrive? Because I heard the the, uh, the uh, podcast uh, where you asked the question the other day, David. And uh, I said, why do that? I said, is it the current? He said, no, it's not the current. He said, because there's rivers up in Virginia, West Virginia, or not rivers, but lakes up there that are landlocked lakes that have absolutely no current that are just phenomenal smallmouth lakes. So it's not the current, uh, you know, as most people associate a smallmouth with. Uh, Who knows? I'm I'm not for sure. I'm not for sure. I know, you know, we've got an ample amount of shad. We've got great bait. Uh, crawfish is, is good because I've seen, I've had them spitting up crawfish in my, uh, live well this year. You know, if you're up there and want to fish the horseshoe, Hey, you might want to throw something that resembles a crawfish because they are spitting them up and they're dark and black with little orange on them. So, well, uh, load your boat up and bring some of them down here to, to lay Lake and Logan Martin. Cause we need something decent size to catch here. Cause the bass fishing, <laughs> has been terrible right uh, right well I'll, I'll let you do that i'm not <laughs> sure how what the laws are on yeah i don't know what the law them. is on that uh i'm, I'm about to check probably something yeah there's probably something that that would frown on that but anyhow yeah, yeah that's uh, right that's right well look i'm gonna be bringing some uh i called mustad and told him i was coming up there with you and brad and they are sending us some four alt hooks and some three alt hooks and some bent nose pliers and a little bit of swag for us to wear when we get there so uh i'll come with some gifts hey that sounds great and i've got some gifts of like we were talking about before the show i'm not going to spoil it right now uh why don't we have a live show up rather than uh on what's that friday the 12th is that the 11th or 12th on friday that'll be the so the 12th is a Saturday. Okay. The 11th, the night of the 11th, we're going to have a eating. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you like to eat or not, but I, oh, do. yeah. okay. Uh, it's probably going to be something smoked on the grill in the form of 
either prime rib or a beef tenderloin. I don't know if you can eat prime rib or beef tenderloin, but I can. I can. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Anybody that's around me knows that I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. Now, Big Tim Howe, he's, he's coming over. He's a guy uh, at Long Branch Guide Service in Mississippi over at Enid. He's coming over. He's been wanting to eat one of these smallmouths, and I've been having to whoop him just to keep him from eating one of them. So uh, <laughs> I, I have to feed him good the night before. So he don't want to eat one of our small mouths. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, man, but I am so looking forward let's, to it because the let's, let's do a live show. I know we'll do Facebook live, uh, and we'll do a podcast from there if you want to that night. And we'll we'll get some of the Mississippi boys insights on some of their tricks. Man, I would love to, and 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 we, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm gonna reach out to to my for my guys. We normally record and on Wednesday or Thursday and, uh, and, and it goes live on Friday, but I'm going to tell them, look, we're going to, we're going to push this show back a day. Even if we record by noon and, you know, around lunch or something, then I can send it to him and we can still probably get it out that afternoon. Well, uh, worst comes to worst, we'll send it out the next week. And that's right. Uh, exactly. Folks can, get, folks can get a sneak preview on, on Facebook on my, uh, on my fishing page or, or my regular page, we'll just do a Facebook live on it while we're doing it. And, uh, uh, we'll, we'll put it live on yours, but we'll, uh, cause we're going to sit around a fireplace out on the back porch and we're going to have a good time, man. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be great. And let me tell you that, that first small mouth I catch, you're going to holler. It's going to be the first small mouth I've ever caught. So you're going to holler. Yeah. I ain't never caught one. <laughs> hey, you're not going to be the first one that had never caught one. I had uh, four guys on the boat uh, this Monday. I don't think any of them, no, one of them had caught a smallmouth. Uh, and it was kind of a pretty touching story because he said the last time he went smallmouth fishing was 10 years ago. Well, uh, about 15 years ago, but 10 years ago, Monday, his dad passed away. And his dad was the only one he'd ever been smallmouth fishing with. And this dude catches a 465. And at the end of the trip, he comes up to me and his eyes is all glossed over. looked like he's, you know, about to cry. And he told me that story. And I told him, I said, if you don't quit, I'm going to cry with you. No so, kidding. <laughs> so that makes, that lets you know when you've had a good day that, you know, that you've made somebody happy. Man, that's awesome. Well, hey, speaking of having a good day, if somebody wants to, to come up and have a good day with you, uh, whether it's the smallmouth fishing or, or, or whether they want to come up and, and learn how to catch those crappie like you catch them up there or, or go to Tuscaloosa and catch them with your daddy. Well, <laughs> uh, he, he, he'd probably tell them how to catch them, but, uh, anyhow, he might would go with, with some of them, but, uh, he's pretty tight lift on his spots and he just won't give them away. Uh, he, he don't even want to tell you I, where they at. I'm still begging for some of them and, uh, some of them I know, you know, but, uh, Hey, I understand that. I, I can definitely understand that, man. I remember when I was in the Mopas, we had a, uh, had a big, you know, they used to have the red man trail come there every year and uh, all the local, all the local big fishermen we had in the area, you know, they'd, they'd get all hyped up ready for this big tournament. And there wasn't a lot of tournaments back then. It wasn't like it is now where there's tournaments all the time. Uh, right. so the red man was kind of a big deal. And I remember our football coach, coach Shamrock, he was a big fisherman and, 
man, we'd had a lot of rain. The water had jumped up. The fish had moved out of the grass. Water had gotten muddy. And, and uh, these people that were catching these fish up, up on the bank, they, they wasn't catching them there anymore. And me and my best friend, we were seniors in high school. And uh, we found fish in some deep water on some ledges, and we were smoking them. And old Coach Shamrock called my buddy Jason's dad, and he said, yeah, Brian and Jason, they killing them right now. They, You know, of course, we wasn't fishing no tournament. We didn't have any money to enter a tournament. And uh, right. <laughs> so he called us, where y'all catching them fish? Man, we're catching them in the river. No, come on now. Y'all got to tell And we, he worked on us, and we would not tell him. And, uh, we used to skip school every day at lunch and go to McDonald's and didn't nobody care. He'd come back. We'd talk to him and go, on. man, he was so mad that he, Uh-oh. uh, he called us and took us to, I, we were seniors in high school and got the worst paddling I ever had in my life. <laughs> and it was because <laughs> we wouldn't tell that man when we was catching fish. <laughs> uh, so, sometimes you Sometimes it's worth taking a beating over not to give you a spot up. So, that's right. Uh, that's right. Well, we took one. We saw my daddy and my uncle down there one day as on the lower end of McConaughey where the old river comes in. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, on the, on the lower end of that old river run, just as you come out, you know, it's deep down there and it's really clear even out in the, the main channel. But they had found a tree that was underwater down there. And we had saw them on it. Well, they left and went somewhere else. Well, we pulled in on that tree, and I think we we won the tournament off of that tree. Uh, <laughs> Where they we just left from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So That's so great, man. Had- good times. All right, buddy. Hey, I'm going to let you and your dad get back to it. And, uh, man, appreciate you jumping on. And if somebody wants to contact you, Tracy, what's the best way for them to get up with you? Probably either my cell phone at 662-574 zero six four nine or uh on facebook uh tracy umber fishing or just my regular page tracy umber uh i don't do i got an instagram page and i don't do that much and twitter i've also i've just started me up a tiktok page too and it's tracy umber fishing as well so i'm putting some videos and pictures up well uh, i guess i gotta get on that train i hadn't i hadn't went down that road yet but i guess i'm gonna have to the tiktok's pretty fun you just have to watch who you who who you let on? Yes, so right. They ain't That's no right. what you'll see on that mess. So. But anyway, no just follow all the fishing. Just follow all the fishing folks, and you'll be all right. You'll be fine. All right, Tracy. I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, buddy. Yes, sir. Come on up. We're waiting on you. All right, man. Take care. All right. See you, Brian. Bye. All right, guys. Let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by L and M Marine. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by United Bank. 
United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Awesome first segment, man, the small mouth live bait bite is obviously still on. Y'all be sure to check out our social media page, Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. We'll post some of those pictures up that Tracy just sent me. And uh, they are some big bass smallmouth they catching up there. And I cannot wait to get up there with him and Brad in a couple of weeks and uh, get on some of these smallmouth. I've never done it before, so I'm looking forward to it. But let's uh, we're going to stay talking about the Tennessee River, but we're going to talk more about the largemouth side. And, uh, man, we may even talk about Lake Tuscaloosa or something again. Who knows? But uh, welcome to the show. First-time caller, Tony Smith. From Northport, Alabama. What's going on, Tony? Not a whole lot. What's up with you? Man, been looking forward to getting you on, brother. Uh <laughs> I've been fishing too much. I was finna say every time I every time I reach out to you in the boat, so that's a good thing. That's that's a good thing. That's better than talking to me. Oh, come on now. Well, so um how's the fishing been, man? You you've been you've been going going a pretty good bit, I understand, up to Gunnersville. Uh from what I heard last week up at Gunnersville that uh that they the water had kind of fallen a little bit and and the frog bite had kind of backed off it seemed like uh so i'm anxious to see how how things are moving on this week well i've uh i've had a few frog bites but it's it's not near what it's supposed to be this time of year um a lot of the mats are starting to break up um did have one big explosion on my frog, but I got scared and snatched away from me, so I don't know how big it was. <laughs> I got scared. That's me. That's what I do. I jerk it right <laughs> out of their mouth. But uh, so so have you been catching much? Yeah, I've been catching a lot. We've been uh, up here for probably two and a half weeks. My wife and I fished the Cabela's Big Bass Tour tournament and uh, didn't do too well in it. And I've been up here since. Friday evening, I've caught a lot of fish uh, there in the shallow grass. You can catch them with a double wheel leaf spinnerbait, but I uh, have a hard time catching any size. The only fish with any weight on them that I've been catching since I've been here are spots. Huh. Um, had a pretty had a pretty big one on today, but uh, I mean you can go up to any windy shallow grass point and uh, throw a double wheel leaf, burn it back, and something's going to grab it. But uh, it's probably not going to be a tournament of great fish as far as I can tell. What was the weights like at the Cabela's tournament? Um, it was a big fish tournament, 936 uh, on the first day. Uh, one of the things, it was a three-day tournament, so that guy pretty much ruined it for everybody because we knew we weren't going to win the boat after right. he put that on scale. Um, I think there was another eight-pounder weighed in on the last day and um, looked like a lot of good fish. You know, they pay 10 places an hour and it looked like it took a three and a half to four pound fish to get the last place every hour that i could tell so so there's still some decent ones getting caught up there right now for sure and 
it is kind of yeah. a weird time of year, a transitional time of year, it seems like. You know, with some of these lakes, you know, the fish are trying to move up a lot of them, and, and, and a lot of these lakes, they're pulling water out, so it kind of messes the fish up because they want to, they're scared to get too shallow when that water starts dropping rapidly. And then right. uh, at the same time, they, you know, they haven't been running, running many turbines because we hadn't had any rain, and, you know, the Tennessee River's kind of like the Coosa. Uh, man, when they don't have that water turned on and don't have any current, it kind of kind of stalls things out a little bit. Yes, it does. Yep. But, hey, at least one thing, at least you're catching fish, right? So, I mean, even if they're not great size, at least you're catching them. Yeah, I'm having a blast. I, I hate to get off the water in the evenings, this, you know, pretty much all day. But, like I said, I, just can't, I guess you can't find that better caliber fish yet. So, got right. one more day of practice. Right. Now. You live in Northport, and you are. Right. Uh, I know that you you're with Boatworks, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah I'm so, a salesman there in Northport. Okay, so you're a salesman there now. Did they recently? Did it used to be called something else, and they and and it changed hands? Or I think you were you telling me something about that earlier? Yeah, it's uh, it used to be L and L Marine. Um, L and L Marine opened in 1995. I've been associated with them since 1997. Uh, Bob Hale, one of the owners, and I used to fish tournaments together, and uh, I've been working there on and off. Um, kind of got ran off by the economy in 08, but um, I've been there on and off since the beginning. And uh, Bob has uh, had some family issues, some health issues with his family. So once Drew Sanford, who uh, is from Missouri, but graduated from the University of Alabama. He's one of the owners of Boatworks. Uh, he presented a proposal to Bob about buying the place, and Bob took it, and now we're, uh, we're under the Boatworks banner, and it's, it's been a good transition. It really has. We've got inventory now, so that's great. Hey, man, you got inventory. You had a lot of people, that's for sure. So, man, I'm, I'm glad that it's worked out, and, and it sounds like that Boatworks is – I know they're uh, – a, a good a good place to buy a boat if you're in west alabama or or central west alabama is that kind of where y'all market toward is 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 that part of the state well they have two uh dealerships that they opened up a couple of years ago one of them's in springfield missouri and one is in osage beach missouri that's where they're headquartered out of and they they market nationwide they were the number one Caymus dealer last year and the number two basket dealer so um, oh wow! They reach out, yeah. They reach out, and um, you know, I've talked to people about boats from as far away as California. So you know, we do market to the the locals and uh, you know try to concentrate on them. But you know, it's a nationwide outreach, so we get them from all over the place. Heck yeah, man! Well, we need to. Uh, we'd love to have you guys on sometime. Of course, me and you talking mainly fishing today, but we'd love to get get you guys on from boat works and, and talk more about the company and the changes and, and the services that they do provide there, man. Cause that's a, a lot of, a lot of opportunities for, uh, for boat sales in the state of Alabama. That's for sure. So a lot of water and a lot of great fishing we are blessed with. So man, All we'll right. try to line that up sometime and get you on and, and talk about that stuff. Sounds great. Good deal, man. Well, Hey, look, I appreciate you calling in and uh hey it's good to know that even if the frog bite is not what it you know it has been in the past and maybe the expectations grab your double willow leaf 
and I hit some of them main lake points and, and you can still catch a, a, a good mess of fish, right? That's right. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, buddy, I appreciate you calling in and look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. All right. Thank you, Brian. All right, buddy. See you. All right, guys, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Another good segment. Appreciate Tony jumping on. And uh, man, I am, I'm really looking forward to this next segment. I, I know that, you know, we have a lot of callers from the Coosa. We have a lot of people that fish the Coosa chain, uh, you know, whether it's Slay or Logan Martin or even up further, further or, or Lake Jordan or whatever it may be. And it just, there's been a lot of a lot of posts on Facebook that I've seen over the last couple of weeks talking about what in the heck is wrong with the Coosa right now. It seems like the weights are just really down. And of course, so many people have everybody's got their own theory, you know, just let the grass come back, whatever it may be. But I'm I'm really excited about having Tucker Smith on today and we're gonna dive into that and talk about it. What's going on, Tucker? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Enjoying this beautiful fall weather, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been pretty. Yeah. Well, hey, look, I know, you know, and we were talking, me and you've talked off air some, and I mean, you guys, congrats. Y'all won on the Kusa. You won at Lay Lake last weekend. Yes, sir. I won with my girlfriend. That's what I'm talking about. Man, that's the gift that keeps on giving right there. <laughs> it was fun. We didn't think we were going to win, but we ended up winning. So it was That's a great awesome. Time. Good deal, man. It's great that y'all can do that together for sure. Well, yes, you know, I know that you've been hearing and seeing the same thing. And, and, and like you said, you know, even though y'all won this weekend, not to put words in your mouth, but pretty much the Kusa sucks right now. It does. It's, you know, I, I've been fishing the Kusa for as long as I can remember. And it's always been really, really good. And year round it's it takes a lot of weight to win until the last couple of years and you know it usually takes at least 18 pounds to win year round like the normal kusa river that we used to have but the last couple of years it's gotten tougher and tougher and this weekend we won a boat with over a uh, tournament with over 200 boats and with 13 pounds and it's super super tough right now to get big bites and it's uh not complaining about winning, but it's that's not what the lake should be 
holding right now, you know. It should be a lot better. No, 13 pounds with over, yeah, 13 pounds with over 200 boats is is pretty bad. Yeah, and second place was 11. Oh, my gosh. So y'all won by over two pounds. I mean, it was, it's just really tough right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know that, like we said, everybody's got different theories and, but I mean, you fished the coast of your whole life and you've seen this decline, you know, where, where's, where do you stand on this? What's the problem? Well, the March tournament that we used to have, that was a great program that helped stock the, uh, the Coosa and they had it on Lay Lake and Logan Martin back in the day. And every tournament, everybody would get a big bag of um, baby bass and all the anglers would have to let them go the first part of the morning when they left on their first spot. And that helped a lot, uh, released a lot of bass in the Coosa, but it's really been tough. You know, COVID was really good for the fishing industry, but it was also one of the worst things for the fishing industry because it made everybody got on the water and a lot of fishing pressure that, that was, that hurts the lakes and the amount of tournaments that we have, we have tournaments every single day on the Coosa river it's just like unreal sometimes there's more than one tournament in the day and the fish just don't get a break you know there's only a certain amount of places they can set up and feed and when people are hitting them every day of the year it makes it really tough to keep catching them because you know they get conditioned to that and a lot of fish die especially in the summertime um stripers are not good for the fish they take a lot of the bait and you know set up in the in the places that the bass set up especially at the dams and they uh they can't reproduce but they'll even um i've read some stuff about how white bass can reproduce and that's not good um because the white bass take a lot of the places for the bass but it's just a mixture of a lot of things and you know we need to definitely create some kind of stocking program and the dam schedule has also been off in the last couple of years, they changed the owners of who runs the dams. So the dam schedules, they've only been running it at night, which causes the fish not to feed during the day. Mm, and yeah. it's just a whole bunch of stuff. They don't run it consistently and they'll blow, they'll blow water through it really hard right before rain. And then they'll just shut it off and run nothing. And that's not good. It's more, you know, it's a lot better to run a consistent flow for two weeks than to run it really hard for like a day. And that, that's just something that we've got to get across to them. Yeah, because, I mean, those fish on the Coosa, they are a, they are a, current, um, a current feeding fish. Uh, that, you know, the current is dinner bail to them. And, and when that current's running, they, they set up in a, in a feeding pattern. And uh, when it's true. not running, they don't. And so that's a part I hadn't thought about. And, and I don't know that I knew that they were, they were controlling the flow like that, but, uh, definitely something that would, you know, if they would run it more consistent throughout the day, instead of just cutting it completely off and running it at night. Cause now what we've done is we're teaching those fish, Hey, just shut it down in the day- daytime and just, mm-hmm. and just feed like crazy all night long while the current is mm-hmm. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, the fishing pressure, and you're right, man. Hey, man, I am, I am thankful for everybody that gets on the water. And, and COVID was more people are fishing than have ever fished before. No question about it. And, and it's great for the industry. It's great for the people that make 
that make the baits and the boats and the lures and and it's just good to keep you know to keep that sport alive right but it does add a ton of pressure uh and and there's no with the electronics that we have there's no secrets out there anymore fish don't get a break it's it's the the thing is is i love when people fish you know like i love getting everybody into fishing and that's great that we can get everybody into fishing but we're just gonna have if there's that many tournaments and that many fishermen we're gonna have to combat that with stocking more fish in the lakes because the the river system that's as small as it is can't handle as many boats as as it takes every year and the reason why gunnersville and those big tennessee river places can handle that kind of pressure is because it's a lot bigger there's a lot more water and there's submerged vegetation everywhere where all the adolescent bass can hide in the grass and grow and not get pressured their whole life until they're ready to come out and feed so we don't have that kind of submerged grass in the kusa that that a lot of the other lakes have on the tennessee river and that's another reason why it's tough you know and that that's another question i was going to ask is you know, I read some threads on Facebook this week, and this topic was brought up, and there was tons of comments and a lot of good ones, and a lot of people are just mad and don't even know. that They just know that the fish aren't – it's not like it should be. Uh, but that's – I saw that over and over is, hey, they've got to quit spraying our grass and let the grass come back. Is that something that you're – are you – are they doing that? Are they, are they still spraying the grass or did they just spray it several years ago and it just hasn't had an opportunity to come back yet? What do you know about the, the grass situation? They spray the grass every single day. It's just, there's so much of it on places like Gunnersville and stuff like that where they can, they're able to spray it every day and still not kill it all because there's so much, but they spray it every single day and they have on, big on the Kusa? rip it up. Not on the Kusa, on like Gunnersville and stuff like that. There's not really much submerged grass on the Kusa. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like specifically to the Kusa, or, or do we? Why don't we have grass? From what I was reading, that they killed it all. They also do spray the Kusa grass. Uh huh. They they do do that, and I don't know how regular regularly they do spray it, but I have seen a bunch of spray boats out there, and you can tell when you look at the grass and you idle by it or troll by it you can tell that it's dead by the way that it lays over and how it's like yellow and uh a lot that's a good sign that it's been sprayed and the fish don't like to get in it and it creates a lot of slop in the grass and it kills it all and and all the grass makes this a bunch of like this muck slop that you can't really get a bait through and the fish don't like it now it's it's just not healthy for the river system what is the purpose of spraying the grass I think it's for, you know, people, recreational use and stuff like that, which, I mean, there's not grass out in the middle of the lake on the Coosa River, especially. So there's That's not really what I much was... means of spraying it out there. I mean, there's no grass out there to spray, but there's not really much means of spraying grass, you know, because once you get out on the lake, you can go anywhere you want and not have to worry about it. But it just makes the water cleaner, makes it healthier, you know, it filters the water and makes it cleaner so i just don't see i don't see any negatives with having grass other than it being right on your you know right by your boat and i understand if somebody wants to clean clean you know the grass away from around their boat but spraying all the grass around the lake is not good yeah but you know kusa is a it's a lake that 
for the most part, there's not these, you know, Gunnersville has giant flats. I mean, giant flats up there. So you can have grass mats and grass for days up there. Coosa's not built that way. It gets deep fairly quick. And, and, and so, like you said, you, you might have grass growing from the bank out, you know, 10 foot, maybe 20 foot sometimes, but, but then it's gone because the water deepens up pretty quick. And for recreational people, they're not on the bank. They're not, they're not riding up and down the bank of the river anywhere where the grass is growing. They're in the middle. And so I don't, I don't see how the grass would interfere with the recreational. You're right. If you've got a boat dock, uh, you know, you, a boathouse, a boat dock, you can spray that individually around it, or they can come in and just spray. If, if the state wants to do it, let them spray around the boathouses mm-hmm. and leave everything else alone. Um, yeah. Cause we all know that, I mean, man, it gives the, it gives the, the fry, it gives the bait, it gives, it, it gives them a place to hide. It gives them structure to be around, makes them feel comfortable. I mean, it's just so many good aspects to fishing to having grass. Plus, it's fun to fish. Yeah, and I, I don't know what also is in the chemicals that they spray, but I'm sure that chemicals that kills grass is not good for any any kind of aquatic life that's living in the grass. So I'm sure it's not healthy for the fish. Yeah, it can't be good. I'm going to I, I'm going to try to find somebody with the fisheries department for the state. I would love to have somebody from the state on the podcast to mm-hmm. to talk about why they do what they do and possible changes to it. I would like to hear about that for sure too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to find somebody to reach out to and uh, and see if we can we can at least get some inside information about the whys and the what and, and their plans, upcoming plans. Restocking. Let's, let's talk that real quick. A, right. lot, a lot of people are fishing. There's tournaments every weekend, if not during the weekend on the weekend. But most of these fish are being released. And, yes, you do have a small percentage of fish that die uh when they're released especially in the summertime you know maybe not every fish that you had in your live well survived so you do have some fish that 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 don't survive but most of these bass fishing are most of them are throwing the fish back am i right in that that's right i mean it it definitely has time of the year that affects the fish more like during the spawn and after the spawn when the fish are really you know not healthy and doing well Putting them in the live well is not good, especially in the summertime. I mean, it's got to happen in most tournaments, but especially in the summertime is when most of the fish die because they're pulled from deep water where it's cold and they, uh, you know, the water up on the surface is super hot and they just don't, they can't take it. Their bodies can't take it and they're really finicky and a lot of fish die. I mean, you can go to the boat ramp and, you know, you can, after a tournament, you can look and see all the dead fish. It's unreal. And, also, with fish care, I mean, fizzing fish is really important to a lot of these deep lakes we go to, like Lake Hartwell, and even in the Coosa River where you catch them out deep, it's a lot of people need to learn how to fizz their fish and take care of them while they're in the live wells because a lot of them get, you know, their air bladders get bloated from getting yep. pulled out deep and they end up passing away. But it's just a mixture of things. And also when you're fun fishing, I mean, this is something that I've always done is, 
you know, take a picture with the fish that you caught and then let it go. There's no point in running around 70 miles an hour in the broad summertime with no tournament, hauling a bunch of big fish around in the live well for them to just end up passing away. You know, it's, it's not good for the fish. I mean, catch a fish and take a picture and let it go. And that's, you're going to be able to catch that fish again once it goes back down. So, I mean, it's a lot healthier for the whole, the whole river system. What about the bait in the Coosa? I mean, are you still seeing tons of, I mean, we got a good, do we have a good shad spawn? Do we have a lot of, is the, is the bait an issue or is that a non-issue? I wouldn't say that the bait is a real issue right now, other than the lakes are turning over right now during the fall. And that's what also makes it super tough fishing is when the lakes turn over that the shad kind of disperse and go really deep. So it's hard to catch fish around the bait when it, uh, when they go really deep like that during a turnover, but, um, there's, I mean, there's still a lot of bait and I don't really think that's the big issue. I, I think it's, it's really just the population of bass that we have in the lake. Yeah. Yeah. What about numbers? Are you catching, are you still able to catch the numbers that you caught five years ago or just no. not the size or is the numbers going down as well? Both. I would say both for sure. It's, in the last five years, I mean, you can catch a bunch, bunch of fish and big ones too. But in like in that tournament we fished this past weekend, I think we caught 10 or 12 fish. And that's not normal for the Coosa River in the fall. And no. it was tough. It was bright, sunny, and the water was turning over. But still, like, you should be able to go just even fish down the bank and catch, you know, 20 fish. That's that's pretty normal on the Coosa River, or, or it used to be. But it's gotten a lot more difficult. I remember even two years ago, you know, having, and, and you may have been one of them, but I, having some guys on and, and, you know, it was nothing to catch 50, 60, 70 bass a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, on these oh, big, I, I remember plenty of hundred fish days. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not hearing of that at all anymore. No, only really those sneaky legs that, that you haven't really heard of where people are catching a bunch like that or up north. That's really where it's going down. Yeah. Or live bait for smallmouth right now up in Big Week. <laughs> yeah. Live bait for smallmouth, though. They'll bite that thing all day. <laughs> oh, they're killing it. Well, man, it, it's very interesting, and, and there's a lot that goes into it with current flow, with grass control, weed control, and lack of it, restocking programs i mean there's so much to go in it but it, i hope that uh the the fish and wildlife service uh, for for the state will will realize that the coosa is 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 not what it should be and uh it needs to get back to where it was so what can we do to what can they do to 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 help that to happen because uh, we've got some beautiful water on the coosa man it's you can't find this is it's just beautiful lakes as anywhere in the country and um have been great fishing lakes in the past and i and i know that they they can but maybe this is just maybe maybe like lake cycle maybe and maybe that's all there is to it i mean gunnersville goes up and down some years are better than others pickwick some years are better than others and maybe it's just that we're going through a cycle on the coosa where it's just a downtrend and uh but there are things that we can do proactively to as a state to to help to help lakes when they get down so i hope that they will hope that they'll do that 
but uh hey you you've been fishing I, first of all how did you catch the fish uh on lay the other day when you won the tournament what were you fishing with um well it was davis baits tournament so we had to use davis baits but caught our fish on davis baits spinnerbait and a davis baits jig basically just fishing really shallow with the water turning over it was really tough so the fish get either really deep or really shallow so we chose to fish really shallow and um we just basically fished down rock banks where uh candle swings and stuff like that where the shad were you know they were still deep but there was still some shad in the area and there was still some fish in the area but you could see a lot of fish around on those channel swing banks and stuff but it was really hard to get them to bite so you just had to cover a lot of water and do that yeah man well hey congratulations on winning it i gotta know though did your did your girlfriend catch the big the bigger fish of the day between y'all two or did, or did you did you did you come in on top <laughs> uh you'd have to ask her she'd say a different story but we both <laughs> had fun <laughs> you both had fun now that is a yes, smart sir. man's answer right there you're gonna go far tucker that's, that's <laughs> a great answer <laughs> all right buddy well, hey, man, we appreciate you you being on. Great topic, great episode. And uh, like I said, again, congrats for, for, man, you've been doing well in the tournaments lately. I know you've been at West Point uh, some this week fishing. Uh, it's, it's a little difficult late sometimes as well. Uh, but yes, the water's sir. dropping there, right? So y'all, Yes, sir, it is. So what, where are you catching them in West Point right now? Basically, the water's dropping for winter pools, so a lot of the the water's starting to cool off. So the the rocks have been uh, kind of key with you know the sun being out. Those rocks warm up fast, and basically those large mountain spots like to get up on those rocks and sun um, once it starts getting cold like this. So with the water down, you're able to see a lot more what's in the water, and it also uh, pinpoints where the fish are going to be. They don't have as many places to swim, so you can kind of look in the bank and see where the best fit that up. Uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of nice when the water's down. It kind of makes it easier to find where the fish are going to set up. Good stuff, man. Well, Hey, appreciate you being on and, uh, man, I'll let you get back to it. Always love having you on here, Tucker. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye. All right, guys, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a couple more of this week's sponsors this segment was brought to you by hilton's real-time navigator the days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish you need the most recent highest resolution images to not only know where to go but where not to go the knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. 
Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metal Works and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Welcome back to the show, guys. Great show this week. Man, I love that last segment. And I know that different lakes around Alabama, they, they do cycle and we see uptrends and downtrends and things like that. But it sounds like maybe there's maybe there's a little more going on there on the Coosa right now. I know that it's a struggle and uh, hopefully the state will take notice and and be proactive in, in getting it back to where it used to be. But appreciate all the guests being on this week. Great time of year. That's one thing. Great time of year to be outside. Wonderful fall weather. And that is going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you'd listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, all you have to do is text the word FISHING to 314 314- Six six five one seven six seven. We'll email you the show each and every week. We'll never miss an episode. Stay safe out there, guys. Enjoy this wonderful weather in Alabama, and we'll talk to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And Botanist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt. Go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources and Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman, Latona. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepon.com.